Welcome to Blue Collar Cigar. I'm Andy. Hey, I'm Ben. And here on Blue Collar, we are a big fan of getting you the most bang for your buck. Uh, ben and I are both in education. We're not exactly swimming in money, and so <laughs> we are all about uh, things that fall in that uh, $8 to $10 cigar range. Which, Ben, I realize when I say that, it's a pretty narrow range. It is a very and, narrow and range, so you're putting us in. We're more that like 5 to $11 cigar range. Yeah. Um, we well, we have a few times, uh, if you enjoy a uh, pricier cigar, go back to the Treat Yourself episode. Yes, sir. We, we will spend some money on occasion uh, when our wives don't know about it and we can burn any evidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we are all about getting you the bang for your buck. Uh, also... We, we are trying to break the stigma that cigar smoking has to be some kind of highbrow, yes, elitist sir. thing. We're going to tell you the flavors we get, and if you think we're crazy, we're fine with that. Uh, let us know what you think. We're confident in who we are. We have students that make fun of us all day long, so you can just jump into the chorus of voices, this and we're okay with that. Yes. We, admittedly, we also both married women that have no problem pointing out our flaws. So no. We, we are more than comfortable with our shortcomings. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, uh, Ben, we've got a couple episodes here that are a little different than yep. what we normally do. Uh, what's different about them? So we've had uh, some of you guys ask kind of more personal questions about us, and we thought... It's probably now time in the podcast to uh, to 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 dive down deep into some a little bit of what makes us tick in our kind of cigar way, and so we're going to be kind of introducing ourselves to you guys through podcasts. And so the next two episodes uh, today is going to be all about uh, Andy, Yay. and next week is uh, unfortunately going to be all about me. And uh, hopefully, you guys will enjoy getting to know us a little better. So this episode should just be called The Best. <laughs> so be very clear. I'm okay with that as long as we don't do next week. That's, <laughs> that's perfectly cool. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a three, otherwise known as The Best. Um, so it, I, I am all about uh, gloating as much as I can and then hiding any form of shame that I have. <laughs> you love to be center stage and I love to be backstage. There it is. That's why we get along well. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Ben and I threw this challenge out to each other, uh, and, and as you get to know Ben and I, you realize we enjoy ambiguous, and so the challenge was, what is a cigar that describes you? And we just kind of left it at that. And so uh, in next week's episode, you'll see Ben went one way with it, and for me, I kind of went another. You went a totally different way, which is interesting, and we're going we're gonna to dive down deep into that. Uh, Andy, so first off, what was the first cigar you smoked? <laughs> first cigar I ever smoked was a Swisher Sweet. I, and where, I believe and, it was and, and cherry where were, flavored. And where were you? Oh, okay. So my freshman year of college, mm-hmm. um, I got placed in a dorm with two other guys, one of, all, one of which was blind with a seeing eye dog. And so we had this giant room that would you normally smoke be... smoke the cigar with the dog? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> so... So we had this giant room uh, for, for all of us, and we, we decided I'm all about tradition, and my friends are all about tradition, and so we were like, what's a yearly thing we can do? Let's find a building we can climb on top of and smoke a cigar. I love this. Here is where the dog came into play, is we ran through like 500 different ways to try to get the dog on, <laughs> on the roof, and what we realized, because this was a conversation we had, if the dog falls off the roof and gets hurt, 
do we want to stop smoking to go try to help the dog? No. So we left the dog in the room, and we took a blind guy onto the roof of the building. (laughs) Peter would be so proud of you. (laughs) We're trying to be conscientious uh, pet pet associates. (laughs) There was a... so, so my buddies and I had this goal to get on all the buildings on campus, uh, which we almost accomplished. Okay. Th- there were a couple we ran shy, and it was mainly because, um, I mean, we even got to the point where we would get on the top floor, open up a window, somebody hoist somebody up, and there were a few of them where you couldn't justify two six-foot men reaching the roof, and so those ones we kind of <laughs> were okay with conceding, it just wouldn't happen. Uh, the news story that almost was. Yes. So there were so there were a few roofs we were going to get on, and then we realized one, uh, my roommate Corey, who actually is a teacher. Okay. Funny enough. What's up, Corey? Yeah. What's up, Corey? Corey Grandstaff. Shout out to you, my guy. Um, we were like, "What's a roof that Corey can get on?" And so the, <laughs> there was an old chapel that was technically a part of campus that you could get on the air conditioning units and climb up. So we got myself. I think there was maybe four other guys and. Corey, this blind dude, up on the top of a roof to smoke cigars and, and enjoy a little something-something. Enjoy a Swisher Sweet Cherry. Yes, Swisher Sweet Cherry. And God, what did we have to drink? Uh, honestly, it might have been like O'Doul, something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was the epitome of like white trash Midwest through and through. Okay. What was the first real cigar you smoked? Man, uh... I don't know that I could tell you. Okay. So I lived out on the East Coast for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a mentor out there, and he had, had come up from a similar background as I had. And so he kind of looked ahead and went, what are things I wish somebody would have told me? And kind of started to, to speak that into my life. And one of them was uh, <laughs> essentially how to not be viewed as a child. So he's like, if you're going to smoke... You're going to smoke something good. Amen. And so he started kind of sending me to smoke shops with some, or he would go pick up some. And this is just how, like, selfless he was. This dude was given a aged Cuban cigar that he decided, you know what? Instead of smoking it here, I'm going to bring it back to to, uh, New Jersey and smoke it with Andy. And then their car got broken into... No. And the Cuban was one of the things taken. No. Now, if that was his masterful way of just hiding the fact that he smoked it on his own, credit to him. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I, I would rather the story went that way, candidly. But, but I, I don't remember what my first legit cigar was other than it started off with him bringing some smokes uh, for us to hang out and talk at night. And then it eventually became like, go to the smoke shop and look for this. And then I just kind of started exploring on my own. Okay, so when you're exploring on your own... You walk into your local brick and mortar. What is just starting to get into cigars, Andy? What what are you What are you looking for? Price tag. Okay. Like I'm not. I'm not even being funny. This is like I'm interning at a church. (laughs) So if we're talking about somewhere that already doesn't pay a whole lot, let alone when you're an intern, all I knew is. This was a ton better than the Swisher Sweets that I'd had, <laughs> but I also can't afford to, to buy a lot. So for a while, I'm like, whatever is for like six bucks. So what was for six bucks? Uh, I had a few punch. Uh, I actually avoided smoking any acids. Okay. Which is which is funny because they're so readily available. They are they're just, very readily available. I think the whole logo on it was a little too like 
we're here just for, for tricks and play. So I, I've never had an acid to this day. Yeah. Uh, so I might be very wrong. Makes us two, makes two of us. There you go. Uh, but I, I ended up in the Rocky Patel realm. Okay. And so I think the, the beauty of what Rocky Patel does is because he offers an array of cigars, he offers an array of price ranges. And so probably one of the earlier ones I bought myself might have been like the Edge. Um, yeah, some, something in that realm. So, the here's the the what and the why question. What'd you pick, and and why why'd you pick it right now for my cigar for this episode? Yeah. Okay. So I went with the Rocky Patel Vintage 1990. Okay. Um, why? Uh, it is the first cigar that I remember buying. And feeling like, in a, a like a in a, a mature adult, mm. and so I was in that phase of my life. I was doing youth ministry, um, which lends itself to being a little acting like a kid at times. Yeah, especially when you're you're a, a you know early twenties, right out of college. Uh, you, you tell yourself you relate to the kids to make yourself feel better, but the reality is you're just kind of <laughs> acting juvenile, and. My mentor did such an incredible job at not letting me get away with that. Mm. And, and he continued to push. He's like, if you want to be taken seriously, you got to act like an adult. Because, like, it's great that you went to youth ministry. I'm doing youth ministry. That's why you're here with me. But if adults don't take you seriously, then you're going to be limited on what you can do. Not just from a marketability standpoint, but an effectiveness. And so I remember the Rocky Patel Vintage 90, 1990 was the first cigar I bought. And I thought... This is a adult cigar. So, I'm not just some little kid going in here. So it's almost a coming of age cigar for you. Yes, it. I would argue it's probably a turning point cigar for me. Okay. So so thinking back over it, I don't know after that that I ever like went back per se. And and not to I mean. You and I have been friends long enough, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be picky. I'm going to smoke what's presented to me. You are. But it was like, from that point on, there was this feeling of like, I'm not going to be that dude anymore that just goes in and and like dinks around for 15 minutes only to buy a Swisher Sweet version from my local cigar shop. <laughs> well, we've all had those transitions where you're out of college and you still feel like you're 11. Yes. And 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 for whatever whatever it is for anybody, whether it's uh, promotion or a job or marriage or kids, or Rocky Patel nineteen ninety vintage, there you go. Um, helps in the transition from you are no longer a teenager to you don't have to call him Mister So and So. You can call him by his first name, shake his hand, look him in the eye. Yeah, and I think that was probably it. Was um, one thing my, that my mentor did so well is he brought me up with the mentality of cigars are talking sticks. Mm. So he's like, this is the conduit by which you have conversations, either for your benefit, where you need to process through some things that you're going through, or for somebody else's benefit. Maybe somebody around you needs somebody to just listen. And a cigar gives you the conduit not only for them to talk, but for you to just shut up and listen, which as somebody who talks a lot like myself, 
that is very needed. <laughs> and so I think to me it was probably the first time I went to one of those late night talks on my mentor's back porch. And when I pulled that out, they kind of went, oh, all right. I'm like, I don't know what I grabbed, <laughs> but, I grabbed but, this, but this is it. Like, <laughs> I'm not going back. <laughs> I did it. I did something right. Yes. So, Andy, what do you love about this cigar? Gosh. Um, be, 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 what do you love about the flavor of this cigar? Okay. Uh, what I love about the flavor of the cigar is, uh, in, in the words of one of our local radio hosts, we well, used to be radio hosts, now podcast hosts here, Chris Vernon, um, nothing about it sucks. Mm. So this is a cigar that I've just recently learned, like won a lot of awards and got notoriety. Um, you and I had this conversation when I first, uh, actually you ended up very kindly buying a few of these sticks because you were like, hey, I've heard you reminiscing about this. I was and, curious. And I, I did not hold it up as like, oh, this is a top 10 that we've ever smoked. However, nothing about this cigar sucks. So, so you did a little research. Just tell me about your research. Okay, so here's what's crazy. So this is one of those, again, uh, I had this emotional tie and, and a situational tie to the cigar. And so that was just all that carried me through. For a long time, even into uh, early years of my marriage, this was the this was the treat yourself cigar for me. Yep. Right. Which that yep. that should set the framework for where my monetary gains were. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that I I didn't need to know anymore because that was enough. And so now preparing for this episode, I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna look up some stuff about this and see what's up. And it's it's just one of those moments where you realize I'm not an idiot because something I enjoyed actually. Is kind of the shit, very it, very affirming. Yes, very yes. affirming. Uh, so, here's what's crazy: Rocky Patel, which I'm a huge fan of, um, was not always Rocky Patel Cigar Company. Okay. So for a while, uh, he had a company called Indian Tobacco, and essentially, he spent that time as like a trial run, where he was just learning what works, what doesn't work, what flavor profiles sell, uh, and I think beyond just Somebody who enjoys smoking, he was looking at it from like a marketability standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like, what is a smart business move and something that I can live with? So I'm not just selling my soul for the sake of the dollar. And so he went several years and, and Indian Tobacco did okay. And then he decided, all right, I'm going to launch Rocky Patel Cigars. And this was one of the first ones that he released that gained notoriety. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. So there were a few uh, lesser-known ones that, that kind of were the official, quote-unquote, early release. But this was the first, like, kick in the doors, I'm here, I'm, I'm doing this for real. Uh, so the, the vintage 1990 and 92 kind of get paired together a lot. Uh, they were the first releases by Rock Patel to create a substantial buzz. Uh, the vintage 1990 was made in Denali, Honduras, with tobacco originally set aside for astral cigars. So here's what's funny. And if you're going, I'm not familiar with astral cigars, fine. That's not exactly what I was thinking. All you need to know is there was a more prominent cigar company that had purchased a load of tobacco and it was aging for them. And then they kind of went to the wind. And so Rocky steps in and here's this aged tobacco that no longer has an owner. 
And so he's going, hey, I, again, from what he learned from his previous company that he was a part of, he's like, I think I'm stepping into something really great. I want to purchase all this. Yeah. And this is where the 1990 and 92 comes from. And so uh, they had bales and bales of its wrapper leaf and warehouses just aging. And we know we talked about this before. Uh, the, the beauty, especially of like your wrapper leaf and where it's cut from the plant, is it's got all these rich oils that are developing. Yeah. And when you age it, they just continue to mature within the leaf. And so he is stepping into bales and bales of mature aged wrapper. That's unbelievable. Right? Yeah. And so I think also just the more I get to know Rocky, the more I realize he's one of those guys that's like, one, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. But also he's not going to be pretentious. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, Mm -hmm. I stepped into this, but I'm going to be really smart about how I do it. And so when he released this, it got all kinds of awards. So it's, um, it is still in the top 50 cigars. Right? Which oh, wow. is kind of crazy when you think of like how often awards get placed each year. And how many uh, new cigars come out every year? Yes. It's also received a 93 and 92 rating consistently. Oh, wow. Which I know some cigars will receive higher ratings and then in future years they'll kind of readjust. Dip down a little bit. This has held as kind of his. Now, there are many people who prefer the 92. What I'm learning is there's this weird age split that seems to happen. Your older guys tend to like the 90. The younger guys tend to like the 92. Which makes so much sense because you have, and I mean this as a compliment, an old man palate. 100%. And, and I think it's, you read about the 92, it's got more uh, shifts, right? Not that Rock Patel has a ton of shifts, but more shifts, more unique notes where the 90 is just consistent. It's just, I had it this morning. It's it's a super even, and the, the word that kept popping into my head was balanced yes yep it really is it, it to me it uh when you smoke it you feel like you're smoking some old tobacco in a good way yeah right yeah, yeah. Uh, something aged something yes you you feel uh a little bit wiser at the end yeah which, which again i think is why whether i realized it fully at the time or not it's why i connected so much to the stick because i was in this point of life where that's what i wanted to be Mm. I I wanted to stop acting like a young 20-something that shouldn't be trusted with kids or money. And I wanted to try to be mature and older and just a little more seasoned. And so I think this cigar, for me, just really hit on all those cylinders. Mm. So do you have any specific memories with this cigar that you can think of? Yeah. Uh... That's, yeah, there's actually two. There's okay. two that come to mind. Um, so the first, I, I mentioned uh, my mentor, Ken. His whole thing was like on the back porch. Um, similar to you and I, uh, Ken didn't sleep much. And so as a dad, he would help uh, put his kids to bed, have time right hanging out with his wife. And then as his intern, I knew it was always understood. You just hang out down there in the living room for a while and maybe around like 10, 30, 11, like... After he spent time with the family, Ken's going to come down. And from then till whenever, like, we're going to talk and have honest conversations. Mm. And and uh, I joke that, like, oh, we, like, solved world hunger and forgot the next day. But it was one of those where it was this weird space on his back porch where you could just be human. Mm. And uh, it was the truest form of judgment-free in that, Everything was going to be considered and thought through. And so it wasn't a blind 
acceptance, but it was one where it was understood you could bring up anything that was on your heart and it was going to be honestly heard. Uh, I, I remember uh, one of the guys there, uh, Chris, he's this incredible upright bass uh, professional player. Uh, he's there giving one perspective. Uh, Ken, finishing up his master's degree at Princeton, is giving another. Uh, Sarah grew up uh, in a Jewish family and then became atheist, is giving her perspective. And here's young 20-year-old me. And the crazy thing is, like, they're hearing everything out. Mm. And, there, and there was a level of patience there that, like, even when I would say very ill-informed, ignorant things, mm. it, wasn't, it wasn't like they just let it go, but they weren't going to abruptly shut it down. And so yeah, they were going to yeah, point yeah. out, hey, I, I understand why you would think that, but I need you to sit and listen to what's being said for a second. And so that is forever in my mind. Uh, when I smoke the vintage 1990, I'm, I'm back there. I, I'm back on Ken's back porch, and I'm talking with Chris. I'm talking with Sarah, and I'm talking with uh, my buddy John, who worked for a local radio station at the time. And, like, we're just being true human beings in every sense of the word. Mm. Yeah. And so I think the, the second memory that I had is when I was getting ready to propose to my wife. Uh, we were dating, and I had her come up to New Jersey, and this was the, like, meet the godfather moment. Yeah. Um, and so I was going to get my special treat yourself cigar, and then, admittedly, we were making really stiff gin and tonics that eventually just became straight gin. And oh my, gosh. Uh, my wonderful girlfriend, now wife, may have been just catching plumes of smoke without me realizing it and gotten sick. And, and you know, just from that point on, I knew she was the one. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the next day she was still with you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not only did she recover, but she's like, great. So I'm making the gin and tonics and you think you made them stiff. I'm coming for you. <laughs> I knew she was the one. But yeah, yeah. The, I think that the, to me, it's beyond the memories with this stick. It's it's the attitude that I smoke this stick and I start looking at myself and going, am I being truly human with other people? Mm. Am I hearing people out? Am I having people in my life, much like mentors did to me, where I'm being patient with them, but also calling them out on stuff to make them a better person? Yeah, and that's that's something that you do well now. Try to. Yeah, Make effort. Sometimes sure. overstep. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's uh, that that conversation, and I'm privileged to say that we've continued in some sense that tradition yes. of uh, of having honest conversation and hearing each other out. And I think that's the beauty of what cigars kind of force you to do. Yeah, is they force you to slow down, and in a sense, they kind of force you to listen, and and hear each other out and speak and. You, you're never in a 10-minute conversation with a cigar. Mm. And so that kind of digs you deeper into the other person. And I think, I think it's beautiful. Um, so Andy, someone might be listening to this and saying, that sounds amazing. Tell me about this cigar. Tell me about the flavor. Walk me through this cigar. What do you love about it? You said there's nothing about it that sucks. But why? But but. What do you love about it? Walk me through. If you're smoking, if someone were to go out, one of our listeners, buy Rocky Patel Vintage 1990, the old man cigar. Yes, sir. What are they going to experience? So first I'll say this cigar really sits in that leather, dry cocoa, almost a little caramel realm. So a lot of the other flavors you have are going to be secondary to those kind of core three. 
this is not a decadent cigar in terms of like to me decadence is like uh, a rich milk chocolate chocolate cake this isn't yeah. that uh, this is like a leather dry cocoa with a little bit of sweetness in there so the first third um, you're gonna get a little bit of like a spiced cocoa almost like if you've had like a Mexican hot chocolate mm-hmm. but take the sweetness out you're getting that mixed with earthiness um, and then honestly again this is more just me personally it it, that first third reminds me of like summer days mm. in Ohio and in the Midwest. Yeah, it's uh, it's never super warm like down here, but there's always just this general like feeling of uh, the work has been completed and you're getting to breathe for the first time. Mm. And so it's kind of that that spice cocoa earth and just relaxation. Uh, the the second third for me it almost gets a little and I think this is where the age comes in. It, you almost get like a musty attic. Kind of, kind of taste to it, like you do on a lot of aged cigars. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, that mixed with again the cocoa powder, and then uh, for me, especially towards the end of the second third, I almost get this like, like baked bread. So if you ever been uh, either in a donut shop or bakery early in the morning, so we're talking about like the ovens are still going, you're still smelling a little bit of the yeast, a little bit of that just like cooked baked bread. Mm-hmm. That's what I get on the back in there with that second third. Uh, and then, and then to me, the last third, I think really just settles in with a lot of earth and leather, um, maybe a little like boiled peanuts. Love. I love that flavor in cigars. Right. Yeah. And, and again, I don't think at any point this gets sweet. Yeah. And, and normally I like a, a sweet chocolatey cigar. This is not that. This is very much, um. It's an old man cigar. Like you're smoking wisdom. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So, when would you normally have it? Let Let me ask two questions. Who would you suggest this to? Hmm. And when would you have it? Mm 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 mm. Okay. So it's funny. I, I think this is more maybe where I've just changed my personal preferences. Okay. This would have been the night ender for me. Yes. But I think. I've my palate has changed where I like more aggressive stuff now. Like yeah. uh, you and I have been on the ruination for a little bit, Amen. right? And so I don't want to smoke this after something like that. So oh, I, I think no. for me, this is uh, honestly, this is a smoke I still hold a little sacred. So I'm not going to pull it out that often. Mm-hmm. Um, when I do, this is probably going to be sitting with a group of friends that I can trust. Because I think, again, my, my association with the stick lends itself to, like, I feel like it needs to be a little bit of honesty with it. Um, I'm not going to hide when I'm smoking the stick. And so this is going to be, like, um, after dinner, right around dusk. Mm-hmm. If I got a group of friends I can trust, I'm going to pull this out. Knowing that I might finish with a more abrasive cigar later, we'll, we'll joke and laugh and be crazy. Yeah. But this is this is that sweet spot where it's that moment in the in the afternoon where you're like, I'm, I'm just going to be real for a second. Mm-hmm. And we can be funny again later before we leave. We don't have to end on a sad note, but like, he, here's where I'm going to be a little vulnerable, which which I think is why I'm probably a little more reserved on when I pull this stick out. Okay. So who who would like this cigar? I Give would, a flavor profile for this Right. Person. Okay. So this is, in true Rock Patel fashion, this is not going to let up. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, uh, I really enjoy, we've gotten in the Toro size when I, when I was on my own, I used to buy in, in the, the shorter, like Robusto size 
but this is not going to let up. This is also a cigar that you're going to want to pay attention to. Like this isn't a cigar that you smoke and it's an afterthought. Um, and so I would argue this is a cigar that should be smoked by somebody. I, I think it's fairly universal. I think you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody that doesn't like this cigar. So it has a wide range, but I think this is a cigar you smoke when you've got something really sitting on your mind. Mm. And either that's preparing for something or, or if you have a, a heavy decision, or I would even argue if you're in that phase of life, like, um, I don't think we ignore the fact that the pandemic has hit people in very hard ways. Yeah. If I had a friend that was like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what happens to my life moving forward. This would be the, the stick that I would tell them when you're ready to sit and think, smoke this. What about this cigar is a sit and think cigar? I, I think it comes into the aged tobacco. Yeah. And and I think aged tobacco mixed with price point. So typically with an aged tobacco, this is something you've spent 15, 20, 30 bucks on. I think this is a very blue collar cigar, by the way. Yeah. And so so MSRP for this is right around 1087. Yeah. And so this is one where I think um, yeah, the, the age factor for the price, it makes it universal. And so I think this is, uh, this is, this is when you're going to hit maybe a change point in your life. And I think one of the things that would be so good for that sit and think kind of cigar is how balanced it is and that it's not going to be punch you in the mouth. Yeah. But it's, it's going to be, it's going to give you something that you're going to want to keep on coming back to. There's a there's a ton there to to enjoy about it, but it, it's it's not um, it's not all over the place. Yeah, yeah. That's yes, and and it's funny because I think again I'm at the point now where I like more aggressive cigars. So typically, if I'm recommending something, it's going to be pretty, you know, punch heavy. Yep. Um, yeah. This isn't this this is more like uh, when. I, depending on your relationship with your parents or with people around you, this is when you go to that person that you have as a father figure and you just need them to, to help. Mm. That's where the cigar comes in. It, it is not going to let up. It never gets weak, but also it is just very welcoming. It's uh, it's like there are certain bourbons for me that are that, yep. that I'll bring over when I, 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 I'm either looking for advice or I'm looking to have that conversation with somebody, maybe, maybe tell someone something hard that they need to hear. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring over not just my normal drinker. I'm gonna bring over kind of something special. So for you, yes. this is that cigar that it's let let's let's be real, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. This very much is. Yes. So lastly, Andy, as we are wrapping up our time on us getting to know you through a cigar. What's something that you want our listeners to know um, about this cigar? Um, man, it, I, it's funny because I'm trying to think more universal beyond just what the cigar is like for me. Uh, okay, I'll say this. I... I very aggressively hold to the line of thinking that we were created uh, for community. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a reason that there are studies that have shown people who um, have been in isolation, especially in pivotal moments of their life, yeah. 
um, often really struggle. And it's because, I think mean, we were created to be together. Um, as somebody who has not always had money available, mm-hmm. that's always been easier said than done. Because I'm like, I get that we should be together, but I don't always have the money to. Um, this is a cigar that you need to spend $10 to buy a second and give it to somebody when they really need it. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is the cigar that if I can speak through the mic to, to you directly, the listener, there is going to be somebody at some point that's going to come in your life and they need you. Mm-hmm. And whether that's one moment or, or whether that's through a progression of change they're trying to have happen, um, buy two of this, put them in your humidor, and know that when that night comes, you're not going to think twice. You're going to pull this cigar out, and this is going to be that smoke that you guys have, and maybe that means you listen, or this might be the conversation where, where you speak up because they're ready to hear it. But to me, this is that smoke where... Um, Maybe to some degree, like, flavor be damned. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what this is not going to do. This is at no point going to pull away from the conversation. Mm. And at no point is this going to going to distract from it. But this will hold the silence when it needs to be held. And that's, that's what you need to know about this cigar. I love the way you ended that. That it's going to hold the silence. Because that, that's what a good cigar does. Yeah. Right? So... I will challenge people. Uh, I hope that you, the listener, have had those moments where either you've had someone when you needed to, when you needed to talk and vent and have someone listen, or when you needed someone to speak up, that you had someone speak up, and to be that person for someone, which involves always keeping your eyes open and taking your eyes off of yourself at moments and looking at the people around you for, for where they are. Yeah. And it's great. Point. It's, it's being prepared. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I think that is where this is towards the higher end of our price point. Yeah. This is one of those that I would encourage you, um, when you find yourself on that Friday and you happen to have 20, 25 bucks with tax, go buy two of these and set them aside Resist the urge to smoke it right away <laughs> and just know that what you're doing is you are paying 25 bucks to be everything that somebody needs when that time comes. Well, and as we'll, we'll talk about next week, there are times where a cigar can connect to a moment. Yeah. And so that, that, that's for me, that's my, and Andy doesn't know this, so we'll get into this next week, but for me, that's, that's how I picked my cigar was a moment where I got to pull out and and have that um, moment with with two people that I, I dearly love and so we'll, we'll get to that next week then um, guys you know normally we do the Ben recommends admittedly feels like a little bit of a hard shift from this and so instead know that um, what we recommend as blue collar cigar is that uh, you are loved. You have somebody that you can love and that loves you back. Uh, and know that, that this is why we got into this. We'd love to hear from y'all. Yep. Uh, feel free to reach out. Next week, I'm going to step out of the room quick so that Ben can tell you what we're smoking next week so you feel prepared. So that's <laughs> goodbye. Here I go. <laughs> so next week, we are smoking the Good Life by Brian Descend. 
and J.C. Newman. If you are looking to buy this cigar, I would heavily encourage you to do so. Go to BravadaCigarClub.com and, uh, and, and go ahead and get you one or two. Uh, shout out to our sponsors since Andy stepped out of the room. Our music is by Philia. Guys, their music is so awesome. Uh, I've been looking them up, and actually I've been kind of bouncing on YouTube uh, while I smoke and listening to them, and they are great smoke music. And lastly, shout out to Cotton Gin Smokers. Y'all, they're the best smokers on the market, and I don't just say that. I, I bought one. I did my research. Y'all, be good to each other, and uh, keep your eyes open for someone in need. Uh, we love you guys.